Blog Talk Radio. of MTAS Radio, where our purpose is to empower you with information and conversations like the one you'll hear today that will make you think and ultimately lead to actions where actions are so desperately needed. Once you take out the sign and like us on Facebook, that's my name, the sword, like us on Facebook by typing in M hyphen T A S for short. That's how you can find us on Facebook, folks, as we engage you in thought provoking conversations on a week to week basis. Always a pleasure to hear from you, to see what's on your mind, to see what's on your heart. Seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three. That is the number to call each and every week to um Get your thoughts, views, and opinions heard on a number of subject matters. You're thinking about it. We're talking about it over here at MTAS Radio. You know we're talking religion, politics, economics, relationships, all the things that matters. That's right, all the things that matters, the things that um, we should be um, engaged in thoughtful conversations about. Uh, just trying to make some sense of the world and the um, lives that we've been given. That's right, folks. Folks, if you missed last week's conversation, folks, you can go to Blog Talk Radio and um, look for Mighty Adenosaur, um broadcast. And you can find it on directly on Blog Talk Radio. And um, in a couple of weeks, we'll, our uh, website, we're going through some construction there. We had some problems with the um, server. So we're going to get all that information transferred uh, back over to um, the website so that um, to make some of these discussions a little bit more um, user-friendly and easier to locate as we, um, if you missed the um, show, and we understand that every time we go live, um, you know, you actually can listen to you actually can listen to the show at your leisure uh, whenever you find a time to do so. I know oftentimes I talk with folks and they tell me that they're tuning in while they're at work or driving in on Monday mornings or uh, whenever they can um, catch up during the course of the week. It's one of the wonderful things about technology, one of the wonderful things about technology um, that you can um, listen on demand. Right, listen on demand. So, folks, again, seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three. But again, folks, again, blog talk um, blog talk radio um, dot com is how you can find us. Again, um, look for Mighty Dinosaur broadcast, um, and um, you shouldn't have any problems. But again, last week, folks, we talked identity crisis, identity theft, and transcending. Race, great conversation. We asked the question: Does success require minorities to become colorblind? Interesting conversation. Inf- interesting information shared um, during that particular discussion. And uh, again, folks, if you missed it, uh, I think you will um, benefit by going back, listening to it. So much so, uh, we thought it was uh, important that we kind of um, kind of expanded upon that topic. Uh, a lot of folks had a lot of things to say relative to the issue of. Um, Identity crisis. We even begin to talk talk about language patterns and language skills of um, black people and um, how that's perceived um, by others um, outside of um, Black America, if you will, in terms of um, how some might look at that as being a, a positive when others acknowledge. Wow, you know, others may say, "Hey, you know what? You speak quite well for." Um, um, 
for um, a, a person of African uh, African American or African descent, or you speak well as a as a black person, where uh, well others will say, you know, that's a real slap in the face. What is that? Uh, what does that mean? What is it all about? What do you mean? I speak well. Weren't we all um, taught English? Um, that kind of thing. So. Um, there you have it. Go back, listen to that conversation. Uh, oftentimes, that, that is that is an old um, that is an old conversation, but yet contemporary in and of itself, right? Certainly, uh, because those type that type of thinking of those type of ideas ter- certainly continue to get tossed around. In fact, I gave an example of um, uh, those remarks even being said relative to the current president, President Barack Obama, right? So, again, folks, I don't want to, uh, we don't want to redo that conversation, but just want to whet your appetite a little bit in case you missed that show. Folks, keep in mind, millions of Americans are currently at risk of losing their life insurance protection and living without protection to begin with. So, jot down this number if that is your situation, folks, 773-881-9555. Again, 773-881-9555. That's how you can catch up with us um, on a week-to-week basis. And, um, Speak with a licensed representative, folks. Uh, we like to talk about family. We like to talk about community and things of that sort um, and some of the challenges that we face. And uh, I often like to say um, that certainly we live in a society, we live in a world that requires capital. So we certainly don't want to leave our families holding the bag relative to not being properly prepared where insurance is concerned. And um Folks, I'm telling you, it's affordable. It's affordable. So definitely, folks, um, again, 773-881-9555 and jot down. Um, you can also go to johngreen.info forward slash life, L-I-F-E, johngreen.info forward slash life and download a free report so this can get useful information as well. Always about arming you with information and uh, making sure you have what you need uh, to make an informed um, decision relative to uh, matters that's of concern. Looking forward to speaking with you today, um, Sunday. Looking forward to speaking with you today as we get the party started, as we always do. Um, folks, we're talking, considering, um, you know, again, a little extension from last week, and about, I thought it was important that we continue the um, the conversation, if you will. We're talking, considering issues of identity. Who do men say that I am? Right, let's try that one more time. Considering issues of identity, who do men say that I am? Um, the issue of identity, if you ask me, how others see you and how we see ourselves are things many of us think about from time to time. I'm sure many of you would agree. For some, the question of identity and who they are is cut and dry. For others, not as clear, and it continues to evolve. Just recently, I believe it was, yeah, actually just yesterday, I was a part of a conversation, and um, I was listening to uh, some gentlemen, and they were having a similar conversation about this notion, uh, this notion, the idea of identity, and how, uh, from this gentleman's standpoint, he thought it was um, extremely important for um, black people in America. He was particularly talking to, uh, about um, those of us who um, whose ancestors were the descendants of, not, not the descendants, or experienced the history of slavery here in America, how important it was or is for us to identify ourselves as being African, right? And he began to um, just continue to drive home that thought, drive home that idea, um, and I thought about a lot of what he had to say, and I, I was thinking about it. I didn't get a chance to raise um, some of the questions that I had relative to some of the positionings, um, positions he was taking. But, um, you know, I'm always listening to people and trying to uh, really sort through um, the importance of what's being said, the relevance of what's being said, and what do we do with this information today, right? Um, certainly I'm one who believes that um, um, – the notion or the idea of knowing who you are is extremely a lot of um a lot of who we are and a lot of what we do in life typically grows out of our sense of identity right our sense of identity oftentimes our sense of um uh, one's purpose in life or one's uh one's vision or personal vision that they develop for their life oftentimes grow out of a um 
a strong connection with who um, they believe themselves to be and also who others um, what others have told or said to them about themselves, right? So we're talking again, folks, um, issues of identity, right? Um, we just lost a great human being, uh, in my estimation, um, that in the likes of uh, Muhammad Ali, we touched briefly on his life last week, but we didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about him. But um, as I began to read a lot of um, what the commentary um, says relative to his life. Um, certainly, he was before my time. Probably during his during his height of success, I wasn't even on the scene yet. But uh, one of the, the one of the good things about books, um, YouTube, <laughs> and the likes is that you can go back and gather as much information you desire about people, right? And um, I tell you this, I tell you this. It certainly doesn't seem to me that. Um, it seemed like the question of identity is something that he um he often raised. It seemed like it's a question that he often raised um in many regards. You know, he you you can hear him saying things like I'm trying to find a quote. Yeah, I, I have several that I want you folks to think about. And think about what he actually meant by it or what does it mean to you and if these quotes have anything to do with the notion or idea of identity as we um have this conversation today as we had this conversation today um one of the quotes that i found that this brother said he said cassius clay is a slave name i didn't choose it and i didn't want it i am muhammad ali a free name it means beloved of God, and I insist people I insist people use it when speaking to me of and of me. Let's try that again, brother Muhammad Ali said Cassius Clay is a slave name. I didn't choose it, and I didn't want it. I am Muhammad Ali, a free name. It means beloved of God, and I insist people use it when speaking to me and of me. What was he saying, folks? Um, to me, as we have today's conversation, as we and we explore today's conversation and topic of considering issues of identity, who do men say that I am? I think this quote um, by Brother Muhammad um, certainly speaks directly to the issue of identity. He so much so that um, he said, "Hey, get my name right." You know, that's not a name that I want to be identified as. Um, don't call me Cassius Clay anymore. Um, this is a name that when I hear it, it, it reminds me of a history that um, uh, maybe I'm not ashamed of, but maybe you should be ashamed of. And I don't want to answer to that name any any longer, right? Issues of identity, folks. He also says something to the tune of, as we have today's important conversation, we begin to think about uh, where the issue of identity lies in um each and every last one of our lives as well, right? Um, who do men say that I am and understanding um the importance of all of this and what we can um uh what we can gather from um any of these um, um thoughts here. He says, I am America. I am the part you won't recognize, but get used to me. Black, confident, cocky, my name. You're not yours. My religion, not yours. My goals, my own, get used to me. I am America, Muhammad Ali, folks. Uh, folks, 718-508-9533, 718-508-9533. We're talking issues of identity. Who do men say that I am? And as we have today's conversation, folks, I, wanna, I want you folks to think about it, right? Because... Um, you know, um, some folks, even among us, right, many of us, sometimes you, you hear people say uh, black American or African American. And um, in an earlier generation, um, a, a person of color or colored, right, uh, or Negro, when you, when you look, when you think about those terms and you think about how those terms identified um, um, black black folks in America and how over time we've come to accept and embrace many of those um many of those descriptive terms. Does any of that any of that have 
have anything to do with this notion of identity and how identity tends to evolve as people's sense of social consciousness evolve. Think about it, folks. I think it's I think it's something very important to really um, consider, right? Uh, at least, at least, brother Muhammad Ali thought it was important for you to get his name right, you know, to um, you know to to identify yourself not as being Cassius Clay anymore, but Muhammad Ali. He was he, he and he demanded that everyone um, um, show some respect for who he believed himself to be. You know, um, like I said, get my name right. Something as minute as that. And maybe it's not minute at all. Maybe it's something that's very important. But when you think about this generation of um, African Americans or black Americans, I don't know what's had a conversation, however you prefer, uh, refer to call yourself, how important is the name to you? How important is identity to you? And when you look at some of the common struggles and some of the common challenges that we um, see that exists in many of the um, in some of our communities today, uh, particularly among some of the uh, many of our young our young um, our young brothers and sisters, is that an issue of identity? And maybe we should be having this conversation more often, folks. Folks, I want to come to the phone lines now as we have um, this important conversation about um, identity. But before I do that, I want you folks to go to my website. Um, or my Facebook page, um, there's an article out there called, well, it's, it's titled, I'm Not African American, I'm Black, Why Racial Labels Matter. Check that piece out, folks. Again, it says here, I'm not African American, I'm Black, Why Racial um, Labels Matter. And those of you out there, um, how big of a deal is um being referred to as black American or African American, how big of a deal is that to you? Is it is it much to do about nothing or is it is it or do you think like the gentleman I I, I listened to yesterday when he said, you know what, um it's important that black folks in America begin to identify with Africa because the whole notion of of understanding is it connects people to land and it connects people to um, ancestry. And he kept saying that it's about land, it's about ancestry. And I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking like, okay, well, how does, does any of that translate to maybe um, less violence in the city of Chicago, right? I'm thinking this, right? How does any of that translate to um, greater job opportunities or greater academic achievement? As I, I'm listening to all of this, right, and I'm uh, thinking a chance to raise the question, right? Thinking a chance to raise the question, but I like to connect the dots, right? I like to find out if this stuff is that important, right? I don't mean to diminish it by saying it's this stuff, right? But if these ideas are that important, how does it translate to everyday life? How does it translate to uh, that young man who uh, would pull a trigger, taking a second thought and saying, you know what, um, that's beneath me. There's a better way of me handling this, and I have a great future ahead of me, so therefore I'm not going to make that decision to take another human being's life because I value myself, right? Uh, I think highly of myself, similar to the way Brother Muhammad Ali thought about himself, right? Trying to connect the dots, make these ideas relevant um, and purposeful in our day-to-day existence. Again, it's peace again, folks. I'm not African-American. Uh, I'm black. Why racial labels matter. And um, I'm not going to look at this entire article, but part of what this sister says in this article relative to identity, um, she says here, for some, the term African-American and black can be used interchangeably. However, this may not be the case for every person of color who also happens to be an American. The mass... The, the mass majority of society views African Americans as, as the most politically correct way to address a person of color. But not every person of color in America is from Africa. Some may pose the argument that Africa is the motherland, so we all derive from the said continent in one way or another. Be that as it may, such general 
generalization can be um, an insult, but can be an insult and also offensive to one's culture. It goes without saying that by living in this country, we all are American. But perhaps the girl to you, the girl next door to you, is an American from some ancestry in the Caribbean islands. Does that make her African American too? Question mark. Right. Um, then it goes on to say here how there. Um, it talks about a, a, a survey that was done. I'm trying to find a newspaper that actually conducted this survey, but it's not the point. But um, it says here that more than half voted against feeling offended when students um, who were bothered by such vague titles strongly expressed their viewpoints relative to being called black America, black Americans versus African Americans. So it's, it's, it's touching on a point as to um, how this current generation perceives themselves, right, and how that idea perception changes over time, right? She says, having to answer this question often, what are you? Countless times in my life, I have always answered I'm American. You know, I find that I find that very interesting because a lot of times when you talk to older blacks, um, some older blacks I would, that issue of identifying themselves as American, it becomes kind of shaky for them. And I get it because they're connected to, they're, they're closely connected to um, a different history, if you will. They've seen a different struggle. They've seen different concerns versus this current generation of blacks uh, blacks, if you will, their perception of identity have seen. It seems to me that it has changed. So as we have this important conversation, folks, about identity, I want you folks to think about that. Who do men say that I am? Considering issues of identity, right? Who do men say that I am? Considering issues of identity. Again, it seems like this is something that if you read through the quotes of Brother Muhammad Ali seemed like a lot of what he said had a lot to do with his sense of identity, his sense of knowing who he was as, um, I wouldn't even say just uh, as a black man, his sense of knowing who he was as a, as a human being um, first, right? He had complete confidence in his abilities. You know, it came through, um, you know, it's like he... He he, it just came through. It came through his language. It came through the way he presented himself. Um, you know, you turn on the cameras. He would say, "Hey, turn on the cameras. I want to make sure you record this." His confidence was just next level, if you will. And um, oftentimes, the inter- interesting thing about this brother, uh, this was taking place during a time where uh, when black folks were being um being degraded and not necessarily given um the dignity of living that others were given. So to have such a um wasn't arrogance, you know, as he said, hey, if you can back it up then it's not arrogance, right? Or it's not boasting if you can back it up. So to have this type of a mentality during that period said a lot about him as a person it said a lot about him as a human being. I remember I, I was talking to a gentleman just recently, and um, I said, "Wow, he was really um, a great example of um, of uh, black manhood." He said, "Nah, John, you're getting it wrong. It's not. It has nothing to do with him um, understanding black manhood. It, it was him understanding manhood and what it means to be um, a human being." So. You know, as we even as we had as as we talked last week about transcending race and things of that nature, um, some people, their contribution, what they represent, what they stand for, um, goes beyond um, their 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 tribe, if you will. Right, goes beyond that in terms of the impact that they have on the lives of people outside of their local community or their native tribe. So his life, um, his life touched more people even outside of the um, the African American community. But interesting enough, I believe it was um, Shalanda made mention he never, he never, um, he never stopped 
talking about or he never tried to diminish the fact that he was a black man. And I think that that's important, too, as we talk identity, because as the brother said yesterday, and I do try to connect the dots in terms of making some of these ideas relevant to where we are in 2016, the issue of identity connects you to a history, and history connects you to traditions and culture, and what's the purpose of any of that, right? Are those just great-sounding words, or is it about survival? And ultimately, folks, that's what it's about, right? It's about survival. How do we continue to move beyond where we are? How do we continue to sustain ourselves, and how do we continue to grow? And and that's what culture does for you. That's what traditions um, do for us, right? It allows us to uh, it reinforce who we are. It reinforce um, it reinforce um, our long term visions. It reinforce our perceptions of ourselves. It reinforce where we've been, uh, where we are today, and ultimately where we must go. So um, I get when you find older men and women um, in the African American community who beats you like a, a dead um, horse about identity, um, that kind of thing. Um, and maybe we should talk more about that and why that's important. Is that something that is that was that the distinguishing quality of Muhammad Ali? Is that what made him great? Was that his secret sauce, if you will? Was that his magic bullet? I don't know, folks, but what say you? Uh, I want to definitely hear what's on your thoughts, uh, what's on your mind. As we have today's conversation about um, who do men say that I am, considering issues of identity. What say you folks? Do you think that um, part of the struggle in um, uh, America today, specifically in the um, African-American community, has um, something to do with identity, right? Um, Is there a loss of identity? Is that what's taking place within the culture, Um, people trying to find themselves, trying to figure themselves out. And I'm not saying that Brother Muhammad had it all figured out. I think he went on, we see he went on his journey as well. I think he said that um, if if a man at 50 thinks the same way he did in his 20s, then he wasted 30 years of his life. So I think the idea of identity is a... um, it's an evolutionary process, right? Um, and it speaks a lot to where we are at different stages of our lives. You know, at one point, he was Cassius Clay, then Muhammad Ali, right? Um, again, going back to the article, um, I believe it was a movie years ago, When We Were Colored, you know, and at one point, some African Americans, I wasn't living during that time, thought it was appropriate to respond to that. Probably didn't find any of that offensive at all. Then we were Negro. Then we were black and proud. Now we're African Americans. And what is that all about? Interesting story. I'll say this how it comes to the phone lines. I was recently in the barbershop, seeing some young brothers, and they had on the music, right? And um and they, and they started dancing. And um, the dance really didn't have much form to it, whatever. It was just an expression of um, just, just them feeling the music, expressing themselves. And um, and a lot of the dances that I'm seeing some of the young people do today, and if you see some of the um, – you see some of the um, some of the um, young brothers and sisters on the continent dance to a similar beat or a similar rhythm. You you kind of see the connection there. You kind of see the connection, and uh, I think there was a recent documentary that kind of highlighted a lot of what I'm talking about here. But I'm sure that those young men um, may have not seen some of the things I've seen on YouTube relative to some of the uh, uh, traditional tribal dances that I, I forget what part of Africa um, this particular tribe uh, was from, uh, but they were um, they're 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 expressing through dance. And I'm seeing these young brothers here in Chicago um, um, do similar movements, similar body movements. And so you wonder about this issue of identity, regardless of where people may be on the planet. Can you take away um, um, some of those 
cultural uh, things that maybe link one back to the continent. But, folks, I just want to put that out there. I'm going to stay right there. I definitely want to hear what's on your mind as we have today's porn conversation, 718-508-9533. We're talking who do men say that I am, considering issues of identity. Carl, I'm coming to the phone line now. Not sure how long you've been holding the line, but um, um, what say you as we have today's important conversation about identity? Uh, what, what what comes to mind when you consider Brother uh, Muhammad Ali and how he understood identity? I have no concept of what he thought about his identity. Um, we're breaking up there. Say that one more time. Can, can you hear me now? Am I okay now? Am I better? I can hear you a lot better now. Okay. I say I have no identity, no idea what his concept is of identity and what that did for him other than when he became a member of the Nation of Islam, he converted and changed his name uh, very similar to what most people do when they convert over to a different form of religion. And when you take into consideration that this is a norm for people who join because I think they give themselves an X at some particular point in time, then they go go along, and then I think they eventually find a name that's more suitable to them. That sounds like an individual pursuit based on what they convert to in that context of a religion. And when you look at the nation of Islam or you just look at Islam itself, Islam is probably out of the dominant forms of religion in the world today is the youngest of these religions. So when he says that he's converting from a slave name to Islam or a truer name, Certainly it couldn't be true when it comes to antiquity because there are religions that predate. And people had names before Islam came, before the Prophet Muhammad came. They had names, and they weren't Islamic. So one name in themselves or associated a name, names used to be associated with what your profession was. Names was associated with what you liked. If you liked, if you were a Native American, if you liked uh, 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 bears, you may put some bare com- component part of it in your name. These things have been going along and been happening for years. So when you say that you're trying to, oh, not you, but when people try to say that they're trying to escape the slave's name and they're going to convert to a better name because it's a, an original name, it certainly can't be religious because uh, Islam is the youngest religion out there. So that in and of itself is not congruent, it's not linear in thinking, but people who don't think, they will buy into it. Mm. Great point there, Andrew, and I appreciate you for weighing in here. Now, um, now you now certainly I'm pretty sure you're familiar with it, with its history, and um, certainly uh, with that time period in America, were black men struggling or black people struggling with this notion or idea of identity? And do you see similar concerns today? I, I see very little correlation with identity, with African-Americans, because the lowest part of African-American or black people's sojourn here in this country, the most indignant part of our sojourn, predated before Ali got here. And African-Americans were very proud people. See, I go back again to when people say that they study history, they certainly don't study comprehensive history, because they cherry-pick information that they want to get. African-Americans were an upright people. They were an ethical people. They were a moral people, if you want to lump us all together, because we have a very strong tendency of trying to lump us all together, saying, and like we're a monolith, but if you had a representative notion of what African-Americans were, African-Americans were a noble people here in this country, even though they suffered through abject poverty and racism, Jim Crow and everything else. They conducted and purported themselves in an upstanding manner. So there was no problem with identity. What African Americans wanted was a piece of the pie that they contributed to this glorious nation. That's what African Americans were trying to do up until a point where people who had agendas start promoting this identity crisis issue and black people fell for it hook, line, and sinker. That is my input relative to that. So would you say that, uh, and I appreciate that, would you say, Andrew, that um, did black people feel, did we feel connected to uh, the American culture? Did we kind of, or did did we kind of perceive ourselves as being outside? Did we feel like we were included? Well, we, to, to some degree. 
But just because, again, if we have five children, four children in a family, if you have siblings, three other siblings in a family, not all four of them are going to be treated the exact same way. This is the metaphor I'm using. The, the baby will probably get treated with a little boy kid glove, but that doesn't mean the parent doesn't love you. No one is going to be treated exactly like some other person or other group in the United States will not be treated as another group. But I say that african American were a strong contributor. I didn't say they're dominant, like you hear these people who embellish uh, what African-Americans uh, provided for this country. We contributed strongly to the development and enrichment of this country. We weren't a singular contributor, but we were a contributor nonetheless, and I'm saying African-Americans stood tall on that, even though we were not granted all the means and all the privileges bestowed to other groups in this country that still did not negate the fact that African-Americans were weak-minded enough to, be, to crumble under the effect of not being equal to everyone else. Interesting, interesting. Uh, when you consider the response of uh, Muhammad Ali during the time of the Vietnam War, uh, what was his reaction about um, in your opinion there, Brother Andrew, you know, he didn't feel it was necessary to fight in a war that he didn't feel a part of or that he didn't feel as though he had a um, a bone in that fight, if you will. Uh, what was your interpretation of his of his uh, reaction or his response to the war? His, his actions were singular relative to him, but it was also equal to what the Nation of Islam preached. So he was following the convictions of Master Farah Muhammad and Elijah Muhammad in their convictions. And Malcolm X, who probably was an instructor for him, who helped teach him, and he, caught, he went along with what they taught. The same thing if I was a, a, a certain Christian and within a particular denomination of Christianity, and they didn't believe certain things, and I believe it as well because I believe in that domination, uh, that, uh, that part of the, uh, uh, the sect of the uh, organization and that religion, I didn't come up with anything individual, but I just glommed on to what everyone else believed that is within the faith that I believe. I think I, he had a right for his position. I respect his position, but what I would like to submit to you and anyone else who's listening is that this great country, with all of its pimples and flaws, allowed him to do so. See, none of this could happen if this country was not fortified with a philosophy and tenets that allowed for him to do this. and to Because just recently I read an article last week in China, and I'll keep that real quick, where the Chinese, gov the Chinese uh, 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 government is saying that they are now not being hard enough in their propaganda against everyone else and to keep their people in control. Muhammad Ali couldn't have said a word if he was a Chinese citizen. You are an American citizen, and people, and I, and I will be critical of some parts of white America, because white Americans who are standing up now saying that they respected this man, there was significant, I want to know who were the ones who didn't respect him, because there were significant numbers of people who hated the man for standing up for his right to make a decision. So I will get on them relative to that. And so now he's beloved, but that's how things go in the world in general. People start saying, everybody that I know was at the uh, Million Man March. Everybody I know was there when Martin Luther King gave his speech. Everybody I know said that they were somewhere, and they know they weren't there, but they glom on and jump on like other people do. But the reality is totally different because we know the number of people that were there. But, it, but he was a reflection of his religious beliefs, his individual beliefs, and that's the beauty of this country, that it allowed him to express it openly. Mm. No doubt about it. Seven, why don't you stay right there, Brother Andrew? 718-508-9533, 718-508-9533. We're talking, considering issues of identity, who do men say that I am, as we have this important conversation dealing with identity. Oh. Caller, uh, you're still, I don't know if you're with me, um, caller 312, looks like a uh, very familiar number. Um, Stephanie, is that you with us joining the phone? It is me. How you, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. I don't know how long you've been holding the line, and um, if you heard what uh, Brother Andrew had to say relative to his thoughts on um, Brother uh, Muhammad Ali. But, yeah, we're talking identity, um, definitely considering issues of identity, and how important do you think it is for us to um, 
understand um, identity? And do you think we still struggle with that in America today um, as black people? Identity is an interesting thing due to the fact that probably coming into a country where your identity was necessarily um, taken from you, um, it's interesting to sit back and say we have found our identity if we have not just decided to make up our identity and become make it make it our own. Um, I think I did hear something when I came in and heard that Brother Andrew, how you doing, sir, um, said that something about the name change is not religious. But um, just the idea, but we still have to understand the power and what name changes are. And just even changing the name tend to change who a person is and what they think of themselves. So if he felt that Cassius Clay was no longer a part of who he was, aside from the identity of being a slave master's name or religious, just the fact that he became Muhammad Ali changed a whole lot of his identity and what he believed things were and who he believed he was and how he viewed the world. So it was important for that name change. I mean, we can even if you're not looking at it as a religious, let's just look at it from historic fight. If we use, if we take the Bible and look at it like a historical um historical book period and just look at it or even a fairy tale, but just look at the how the the, the name change in that actually represented a person's growth. It represented a person's identity. It represented a stage in life of where they were going and where they were supposed to be. It just represented something that was positive or just in that general. And even if it's not positive, it just represented another level of where a person was going and where they were. So as far as black people are concerned, when you do that, it, you are somewhat in their mind taking control of their identity of who they are, especially when you're not having any idea. Let's be honest, we don't know our family trees that goes as far as A, B, and C. So it's okay. I don't find anything wrong with any of that. Yeah. I, no, I think Andrew did uh, make mention that uh, that was part of uh, what's, what's the norm in um is, well, the Nation of Islam religion that was part of the norm that you um, you drop your 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 last name when you represent it with an X, right? X meaning unknown. Mm-hmm. So uh, right. that's that's the part of that journey, and I I, I think you make a very interesting point. Certainly, uh, one's decision to do that speaks to where they are in their. Um, in there, I guess, on the continuum of identity, right, how they perceive themselves. So um, here's my new name that represents where I'm at or the place in life I am today relative to yesterday, and I believe that's part of what um, Muhammad Ali was talking about. Uh, I know I'm going to be named Cassius Clay. Don't call it, don't call me that. Don't refer to me as such. You know, and I don't know if this is confirming. Maybe you guys know know this. I don't know if you guys read, but I did come across this that the name Cassius Clay, um, that that name that was the name of an um, abolitionist. So interesting enough, um, those of you who know about the um, abolitionists, right? Those who were um, anti-slavers, right, were against slavery and um, actually um, uh, pushed for the ending of slavery here in this country. That Cassius Clay was a um, um, was an abolitionist, so he carried that man's name and I don't know if he made the connection and I don't know if any of that um if if you even heard that before. Have you heard that before, Stephanie? And I'll get Andrew back on the line. This is the first he, first I've heard of that, but it's it's not necessarily um uncommon for a lot of black um slaves to actually take the name of the abolitions that actually help free them. So it's pretty common. But I can believe it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I do find that interesting in terms of as we, uh, we people in general, because I don't think it's a black thing per se. I think the issue of identity is just something that uh, human beings try to, um, it's man's search for meaning, if you will, right? Um, as mm-hmm. the brother said yesterday, um, it connects you with a land. It connects you with a tradition. It connects you with a culture. And ultimately, what is it up? What is it all about? It's about survival. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'll get Brother Andrew back on the line um, a little later to see if he if he ever heard or read anything of the sort. Um, six, seven, eight, coming to you right now. We're talking identity. Who do men say that I am? And um, what's your thoughts as we have this important conversation relative to 
identity in Black America. Uh, hey, John, uh, Drew, and uh, Stephanie. Um, been listening to the conversation and a uh, very good topic about identity, um, and especially um, you know talking about a global icon such as uh, Muhammad Ali. Um, I think when we get when we start talking about identity. Um, you know, identity can mean different things to different people. And so, in my opinion, I believe that, you know, um, Muhammad Ali actually defined himself or identified himself um, through his religion, which, you know, a lot of times we use religion um, as a way to separate ourselves from certain things or, um, you know, to find, you know, to become more involved in um, who we are. You know, for example, you know, if you uh, study, you know, Christianity, you know, a lot of people are drawn to Christianity, you know, for various uh, uh, reasons. And if they were not a Christian to begin with, you know, now they identify that I am a Christian, you know. So with Muhammad Ali, you know, I am a Muslim, you know. And and during that era, you know, um, uh, it it was, uh, I would also say maybe a political stance um, in terms of him finding himself through um, the nation of Islam as well as um, making a statement, you know, because he was very political in, in terms of his uh, stance. You know, he didn't agree. Uh, he, he wasn't going to fight a war. He defied the, gra- uh, the draft. You know, he didn't want to, you know, uh, you know, he, he always said that I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sit up here and fight for a country that doesn't fight for me or take care of the people that are here. You know, um, and in his, you know, in, in reference to his name, you know, it's funny because uh, my family's last name is Sloan. And when I learned, when I went to one of my family reunions, I actually had learned that Sloan is an Irish name. And actually one of our family members who pretty much came here, who was pretty much running from slavery, actually took on that name. You know, so if I were to go back in my family tree, you know, to find out, uh, you know, the original, our original names. I mean, that's a lot of research, but I can understand, you know, in the nation of Islam, you know, I'm not identifying with, you know, this is the name I was given at birth. I'm not identifying with it because I'm taking the same, because that's not the, that's not my true name, you know? So I, I believe that he used, you know, um, he identified through religion and, you know, and a lot of people, um, you know, were probably either kind of shocked that he went the route of becoming a Muslim versus becoming a Christian, especially being in a, you know, Christian dominated uh, society. Um, he, he went against a lot of the things that probably people would be like, wow, you know, and, and looking and comparing what he's, what he's done which Drew even mentioned earlier that, you know, a lot of others have done the same thing. But, yes, you know, he continued down that same path. And we've had, you know, athletes today that have taken, you know, various stances doing the same thing, trying to make a point, you know, because in the, in the athletic world, you know, look at what these guys are known for. They're, they're known to, hey, you're making good money, you know, shut up and take it, you know, turn a, a blind eye to certain things. You know, and that Muhammad Ali, and if we're talking about identifying, I think he he wasn't the norm in terms of I'm not just going to take this money and, you know, you think I'm going to shut up and not say anything. You know, he was very uh, verbal uh, or he vocalized in terms of his thoughts and opinions of what he thought was wrong. You know, so I I, certainly would say he certainly sees himself beyond a boxer, definitely that. He certainly. Himself, and he, you know, perceived himself beyond just someone that you can put in a ring, and um, I'm just going to entertain you. He used that right. platform and mentioned um, to um, to be political, uh, to give voice to his his worldview, and um, actually to push the world a little bit forward. Right? He didn't like the yeah. world. If you it seems to me that he didn't like the world in which he was born into. So um, he decided with whatever power I have, I'm gonna to have to change it in my own little way. That means I'm gonna adopt I'm gonna take on a new name. I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna throw that in your face. You now deal with Islam in America. If that's uh me saying that I'm against 
war because I can't see me as a black man fighting a war mm-hmm. in which I can't even get served at a lunch counter in America. Right. I make free for democracy once there's a domestic fight going here on here at home, going on here at home. So it seems to me that um you know, that was his that's that's what his life was about. But what made him that way, Solana, if you could stay there, I, I think that, in my estimation, it seems it seems to me is how he perceives themselves, right? So, from your estimation, are issues of identity and how one perceives themselves is it really that important from your standpoint? I would say um, yes. Um, when we look at identity, I mean, and, and the unfortunate part, I mean, like identity. How we identify ourselves nowadays is so more, much more complex. You know, we're now going from just racial, you know, equality and, you know, or racial uh, identification to where now we're into a gender identification, you know. So there are just so many different facets in terms of how people identify themselves. And that's what makes, you know, being, you know, uh, a human or, you know, being a person of color or whatever, you, you know, your race is, is so unique because, you know, how we each uh, look at each other, you know, how we look at culture, how, you know, we identify with each other because everyone is unique and different and brings so much beauty to the world. But unfortunately, you have those that identify due to how their value system or how they were raised to believe and how, you know, toxic some people are in terms of how they view, you know, people of different cultures and beliefs or what they stand for, you know. So um, I would say identity is important, you know. It, it, it is who you are and, you know, how you perceive yourself to be and, you know, what you believe in and, and what value you bring not just to yourself but to the world. I, I think it's very important, you know, even with our children that we teach them at young ages, you know, to learn how to identify with themselves, you know, and, and really love who they are, you know, because if we don't teach these things, you know, to our children, unfortunately, when they grow up, they pretty much will identify probably with a lot of different things, you know, that may not be, you know, the right, uh, may not be right, you know, and we've seen what happened with a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of young people uh, nowadays who have gone down different paths because they don't know they don't they haven't identified with themselves they don't know who they are they don't know how beautiful or powerful they are they're challenging challenging that in, challenging that energy into other uh, destructive ways and had had they known who they are and the power they possess and the greatness in them I think that they would actually have made some different choices so identity is very powerful. I want you to stay right there, Solana. I appreciate you saying that. Andrew, you've been on the side for a little while. I just want to hear from um, a few other people there, but I appreciate you for holding the line. Um, how, how do you perceive this this notion of um, identity? It, it seems to be it seems to me that uh, it comes up in so many ways, um, and it has different shades. You perceive it as being important from your estimation. Can you hear me now, John? I can. Okay, fantastic. But I. The importance of identity to me means very little if you're looking at it from a micro or macro perspective. That's when you make the determination on, on the value of identity. For each individual, for their family, everyone has some value. And whatever they utilize as a tool to make them feel better about themselves so that they can contribute to in a, and to push themselves in a trajectory that they will maximize who they are, that is fantastic. But if we look at it from the macro, from the larger picture, all the rest of this stuff means nothing. Um, Now, when you say larger, and I'm going to get to that point, from the larger perspective from the world, millions of people have been killed, murdered, atrocities have happened. And no matter what their identity was or is during that time period, it meant nothing. We can romanticize. A lot of these things are romanticized notions. I think we try to play these things up to try to make ourselves feel better. But at some particular point in time, and I used to use this term a long time ago, but it's almost a level of mental masturbation. We're fooling ourselves. 
with these identity things. But if it makes the individual feel good, fantastic. It's going to move you forward. Because if Muhammad Ali was Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, if he was not 6'4", and can float like a butterfly and sing like the bee in boxing. Boxing is what gave him his notoriety. Otherwise, he would have been another guy who converted to Islam and changed his name to an ex, then to an Ali, who doesn't get any input in influencing the world. Can you hear me, John? So, yeah, I can. So is your point, Andrew, ultimately it's about your ability to contribute? It's about whether or not what you contribute is seen as having value to significant numbers of people. That's the only thing that matters. But And what you will find, John, when I say it means very little, is that other people recognize this. This is a phenomenon that has really been growing, again, since the 1960s, if you recognize it. Again, African Americans did not need any individualized recognition relative to what we try to do now to try to assign value to what we are as human beings. People just contribute and try to be the best version of who they are. But if you look at other people's sojourn in this country, from the Chinese to the Japanese to the people from Guatemala, you don't hear anyone talking about assigning certain names or anything like that for themselves, and they'll even adopt the names of the people who oppress them. They don't worry about those things because what they're trying to do is the best version of who they are, regardless of what a name is. Now, I, I get that. I get that. Now, when you when you take that position, Andrew, I'm sure you're not, and I, and I know I've heard you many times on this program, certainly you're not diminishing perhaps the psychological impact that a lot of what occurred has had, had on African Americans. That's, that's not your point. You're just saying that you don't think that the response is a productive response? I'm, I'm saying both. I am saying that the psychological... When people, you hear, the, the term used to be, John, vestiges of slavery. Well, where was the vestiges of slavery for the 100-plus years when African Americans, like I said earlier, were productive citizens who did, and who had immediate touches with the absolute negatives of this country, and it did not impact them. They kept moving on. It was only the after effect after the 1960s to now, where people have made it an issue because they've leveraged it, what I'm submitting to you, that they've leveraged it so that they can take advantage of African-Americans. And I'm saying it's primarily by African-Americans who are doing this. Now, tell me this. We've ne- now, tell me this. I hear your point. No, I hear your point. Now, when we talk about I think I heard Stephanie make mention of this. And when you talk about the um, cosmetic in- industry, you know, I think I recall a scene in the movie Malcolm X where Brother Malcolm was trying to conk his head, right? So what is that all about? Is that is that a, is that about a healthy group of people who identify with their natural uh, their natural beauty, or is that a, about a people who's trying to conform to something else? Well, let me give it to you this best simple way, something for the ladies to ponder and for you to ponder. The standards of beauty shift all the time, even much, even so much so is that how do you account for white women wanting to now inject their lips with silicon to get the full lips of what we would perceive as Negroid look? What about risking cancer to have a tan? But you got to know those histories of when people make adjustments to their outward images, and it has nothing, to, very little to do about them having inputs from negatives of the history. It has something to do about them wanting to join on to what is seen as, perceived as beauty at this particular point in time. Because remember, we are the so-called ugly standard-looking people. But now they want to look like us in certain aspects. They, they didn't have slavery, but they're trying to look like us. So when someone cuts their hair, it's because they're just trying to lob on to the standard of beauty during that time and make themselves look good relative to that, not because they were slaves. Well, we're going to have to um, hold the conversation right there. We can certainly continue the conversation uh, uh, online, folks. Uh, as you know, um, the hour is... Um, 
fastly um, closing in on us here. Um, have a few more seconds here. Seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three. Seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three. There's a number to call in each and every week to um, have your thoughts, views, and opinions heard right here on MTAS Radio. Folks, keep in mind that millions of Americans are currently at risk of losing their life insurance protection or living without protection. To begin with, it, if that is your situation, jot down this number seven seven three eight eight one nine five five five. Visit johngreen.info for slash life johngreen.info forward slash life folks we've been talking considering issues of um, identity who do men say that i am until next week folks continue to be good to yourselves and good to your families take care